Lindsley is down too. He's hurt. Oh god, he he's one of the best centers in the league, but he has like so many like fat guy problems. Like, ah, my back really hurts and my knees suck and all that. Dude's always hurt as well. He's the Will Fuller of centers. <laughs> All right, so welcome to Football Hot Boys. I'm your hottest boy, AJ Kunze, and I am joined by one singular, not quite as hot boy, David Petrus. Welcome back, David. What up? So it uh, turns out Clark is still dead at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, he's still working to raise his uh, house like the, like the Titanic. And speaking of houses, uh, Cody is decided that building furniture was too easy, so he decided to build an entire house out of a single piece of wood. So he's doing his carpentry to create entire buildings now. So that's where he is. So we, Pete, are the only two people in our friend group that have nothing else going on so that we can sit here and talk ball and watch ball because the Packers game's on right now. Yeah, I'm so, for that. Mm-hmm. So let's start moving through some of these games in a crazy, was it week week 12, week 13? We're getting week too, 12. We are getting too close to the end of the season. I need football to hang around. It's like the only thing good going on right now and it almost didn't go on go on because of the lovely covid virus and you know who wishes that it actually hadn't gone on the denver broncos because it literally consumed their entire team like like europe and the black death so uh the the, the thing that's really worth talking about in this game is every single rosterable quarterback for the broncos was ruled out this morning and it was due to, from what I understand, is someone tested positive, one of the quarterbacks tested positive, and the other ones weren't wearing their mask when they were supposed to be, so they're all considered high-risk exposures. So what do the Broncos do? They activate a practice squad receiver and start him at quarterback. And well, uh, He was a quarterback at Wake Forest Yes, previously. So, so he does have you know some experience throwing a football. If you're wondering how that went... Um, it went exactly like something like that should go. Uh, the, they became the first team in 20 years to have more interceptions than completions. Uh, he went one for nine for 13 yards and had two interceptions and the Denver Broncos lose to the New Orleans Saints 31 to three. Like at least say his name, it's, it's Kendall Hinton. He looked bad and they brought Royce Freeman in, uh, to basically run wildcat offense as well. And he actually looked better and didn't throw the ball. So... Yeah. <laughs> Less said about this game, the better, but now it's off our list. Do you have anything you want to say about this game, Pete? No, man, you wrapped it up. This is good. Sad. sad. Sad excuse for a football game. Oh, and I guess since we're talking about sad things, uh, like people, like diseases, and, you know, we live in a time of, of a pandemic and unemployment, and the pandemic has come to the league, but so has unemployment. So let's go ahead and take a little detour and talk about one of our favorite punching bags on this show, Matt Patricia lost his job since our last show. Hey, yo. Hallelujah. Uh, Detroit Lion fans, you are free. Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia both lost their jobs after getting their butts kicked on uh, Turkey Day in front of the whole nation. So, sell, so what, what, do, what do you think of the Lions going forward? Like, what kind of a job opening is this, Pete? Like, do you consider this a good landing spot? If, if you take that job, what's the first thing you're doing? All that kind of good stuff. Dang man, I think it's I think it's super super interesting going forward. Uh, you have a ton a ton of pieces there. 
I mean, you have a new running back in Swift that you could just unleash and make your featured back. You have Kenny Galladay. Like, you have a ton of, I mean, TJ Hawkinson, if you want to keep going, but, like, you have a ton of fun pieces. This could be a sneaky, interesting head coaching landing spot. I still think there's a lot of work to do on the defensive side of the ball. There really isn't. Like, looking through that roster, I don't see a guy other than, um, uh, why I don't know why his name is escaping me, the guy they drafted. Uh, Okuda? Yeah, well, Jeff, he forgot yeah, how to Jeff play Okuda. football. Like, he, yeah. he left college and forgot how to play football. Yeah, I mean, he... It hasn't yeah. looked good. Yeah, he hasn't set the universe on fire, but he's probably, like, looking through their defensive roster. He's almost the only guy on that defense that you would, like, keep long-term. Everything else probably. is, like, a, a journeyman, like Everson Griffins and Nick Williams's and, and Reggie Raylands. They're all fine players, but they're not in your plans going forward. But you have a good offensive line. You have a good offense. I... I think that's going to be a good spot for someone to take over for sure. For sure. Yeah. You just get a new quarterback in there. That's kind of, I think the most interesting thing to talk about. Do you roll it back with Matthew Stafford and try to actually have someone who knows what they're doing, drive that ship? Or do you let him be free and start again? Set him, set him free. If, if I walk into that head coaching job tomorrow, I have a, a new shiny toy and in, in Deandre Swift that I'm going to roll out full time. And I'm probably going to go out and draft a court, a young quarterback for them to gel and mess with. Yeah, so I do think if a quarterback is there, they're four and seven. They're not going to be. They're going to end up being in the back half of the top ten, probably. But if a guy falls to that area, sort of like Justin Herbert did this past year, I think it's probably smart to at least explore, you know, pulling that trigger and then seeing yep. what you can get for Matthew Stafford next year. I agree. So, Even if you do like a. Like a Jalen Hurts move, like the Eagles, right? You have your quarterback, you roll him out, you put him in every once in a while, see what you got, and then it, by the sounds of it on Monday when they're playing, it sounds like Jalen Hurts is going to get a bunch more snaps. So, like, you could do the same thing in Detroit. Like, you can roll out Matt Stafford until his contract's up and like, just sprinkle in your new quarterback to see what it's like and then unleash him. So I think this is actually kind of an, an interesting little hole to fall down. Uh, so we're, is this next off season? There could be like an incredible, incredible amount of quarterback turbulence going on. Like uh, Matthew Stafford could be available. Carson Wentz could be available. Sam Darnold will be available. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could be out there and about. Taysom Hill could be out there and about. Uh, then you have, we don't get too far into the draft stuff yet because it's not that season, but there, you could have five sure. first-round quarterbacks this year. You could literally have two-thirds of the league change who their starting quarterback is. Yep. So it's it, it could be very interesting. And if you want to get involved in that storm, I think it would be like bringing Sam Darnold in uh, as a guy for Detroit, kind of rolling it back that way. Let, let Matt Stafford go to the the saints or the niners or something like that i think that would yep. be as a fan i don't Super know if that makes any sense but i mean yeah as like an actual business football person if that makes any sense or is possible but it's fun i want to see it yep that's all sure. shit about so matt stafford on the jaguars oof oof <laughs> barf so i i think that's actually so we'll, we'll transition to that game because i do think it I do think that's kind of interesting to talk about. So Jaguars lost to the uh, Cleveland Browns today, 27-25. They were in this game. They were a two-point conversion away in the, la in the last uh, moments of the game from tying it up. Turns out, didn't happen. The Jaguars, you lose. It's what you do. However, 
And then they fired yeah. their GM. Yeah, and they fired their GM too. So that's, that's another connection. I didn't feel like... So watching a lot of bad teams, like specifically the Lions, it feels like a messy shit show. A lot of penalties. No one knows what they're doing. Uh, ball sailing over people's head because they're running the wrong routes. Just a lot of breakdowns. I don't feel that way when I watch Jacksonville. Like it doesn't look like they're messy or confused or poorly run or anything. It just looks like they have bad players. <laughs> and 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 so I think that's part of the reason that they were actually able to play a good well-run team like the Browns so close today is everyone's where they're supposed to be at the execute and they played hard. They're, they're just bad. Um, so I, I think that's kind of, kind of an interesting juxtaposition here. Would you rather go to Detroit where there's a ton of upheaval and everything's always a mess, but there's some good players or would you rather go to Jacksonville where everyone seems super eager to buy in and things are run fairly well. It's just your players are bad. <laughs> and I, I, I think that's interesting because like, if the players are that bad, what about Jacksonville is actually um, appealing as a job? Like, like I mean, what I would think, make you want to go to Jacksonville? I think Jacksonville has the most cap space, do they not? They do have a lot of cap space, yeah. So, like, that would, that would be appealing because, one, you have, you have two rookies that could show out. I will say three rookies that could show out. James Robinson, Colin Johnson, and LaVisca Chenault. I don't know why you're still trying to feed the ball to Keelan Cole <laughs> when he's on the field like you That's have two other studs that could actually do something and they showed it today so like stop feeding keelan cole replace him roll out your your chenaults your johnsons and then keep uh james robinson on his super cheap deal on his short like super cheap contract and then go out and buy these studs for your defense and then your offensive line or whatever you need yeah, and then all of a sudden, you have a completely different team. Well, and I do feel like the one thing that does make the Jacksonville Jaguars, I, I, I do feel like an interesting place to go and coach uh, or, or run is you can essentially pick any quarterback that's not Trevor Lawrence out of this draft as well. So you're going to be, a, and they're, and I do really like Justin Fields, and I really, really like Trey Lance. I was and just I think, about to say, you yeah. put Trey Lance on the Jaguars. Doesn't that just seem he doesn't like you can just look. see the you can just see the like the, the Jaguar helmet on that guy? Doesn't he seem yeah. like he just would would fit there really well? No and doubt. He can whip it to all those guys and hand it to James Robinson. So yeah, and maybe he's that, better. He's better than Mike Lennon. He's better than Gardner Minshew. Like, was it Jake Lutton? He's better than him. Oh yeah, way way better than that. And so like, if if you were a head coaching candidate right now, would you take the young guy and the more space to play with in Jacksonville, or would you? go to Detroit and try to figure out that quarterback situation. And uh, I would I would probably go to Jacksonville. Yeah? It's because you feel like you have more control there, right? Like there's, there's I mean, like less stuff built up. It's it's less of a soup sandwich. You know what I mean? Like I feel I feel like Matt Patricia and uh, Bob Quinn just kinda I don't know, discombobulated that fucking team so bad that all the little players are like confused and all of the the main puzzle pieces that were there are now shipped off and like no one wants to play for you anymore but everybody's bought in on in jacksonville and you don't have you may not have like the high profile offense but everyone's still playing to 110 percent. like i'll take that any day i kind of kind of thinking that i when i initially asked that question i was gonna go oh you, you take the better players in detroit all day but i'm like i don't know i feel like i could make a defense with miles jack and cj henderson and a bunch of draft oh, capital and I, no I, get, I get to play with Trey Lance. Uh, oh, I got I got 
two tall guys on the outside and I got some fast guys. Like I can do something with this. I can do something with this. Absolutely. And then not to mention like, your salary cap. Like you can go out and get whoever you needed at that point. Fill your is, holes. This is going to be a very, very interesting free agency too, because the cap's not going to move. And there's a ton of guys whose whose uh, contracts are are coming due. So the New England Patriots beat the Arizona Cardinals twenty to seventeen. Because this is the week where everything bad has to happen to Clark. So there's no way everything. Everything bad has to happen to Clark this week. So there's no, he knew the Arizona Cardinals weren't going to win today. So this game totally surprised me because Arizona came out and punched him in the mouth right away. And the Patriots didn't look like they wanted to play. Like I I really thought they were going to run all over the Patriots, but Arizona Cardinals never really got their offense going. Like they scored one touchdown on a short field and then they got stuffed at the goal line right before half left seven points on the field. And they never kind of got their groove back after that. Um, I think Christian Kirk dropped a touchdown too. Like there's just a lot of like little things that went wrong. They couldn't get over. And Uh, so I don't know, man, maybe it was just me, but Kyler Murray did not look like himself out there. He didn't like he he couldn't get the, he couldn't get his groove running, which is what I think it was. Like when you take that part out of his game and and you force him to make plays, I mean, he's a super talented thrower. Like I'm not going to, I'm not saying he can't throw the football or anything, but that's still part of their offense. And it's part of the groove that they have to get in. And the other thing was they technically probably still should have won this game. Because, oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, because New England's going down to kick a kick. The uh, game is tied. New England's going down to kick a game-winning uh, field goal. Cam Newton has to scramble to get a first down. He's still in the field to play. And then freaking Isaiah Simmons comes and just sends him deep, deep, deep into the place between worlds. Just extra, <laughs> extra murders him. It was a legal hit, but because he murdered him so hard, the refs like threw like a mercy flag is the only way I can explain it. For sure. It's like, oh, that's so gross. It has to be illegal. And that basically put him into field goal range and the the game was over. So it it was kind of bullshit. I'm actually very upset that I couldn't have uh, Clark here so that we could all experience his pain together. For sure. He would have had a long rant to go on and I would would have been here for it. Mm -hmm. He also would have picked on... Cliff Kingsbury's continual weird play calls. Like he he goes for fourth down a lot when he shouldn't, especially that one yep. they left on the field right before halftime. A lot of really cute play calling. Like, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't want to I don't want to poo-poo on the Cardinals too bad, but it's like I feel like Cliff is still coaching a college team in the mm-hmm. NFL. And it's just it's not working out for him. Yeah, and I just I just feel like he, he wants to be so cute but like the the team isn't like solid enough to do that like there's still things they can't they can't pass protect they, they just well, can't so your, do your it o-line is trash yeah like if, if kyler murray's not on his game he's not doing twinkle toes to get out of there like you can't make anything happen well and you can't do all this advanced stuff if you can't do the basic stuff so like he needs to like slow down like come back to his cliff and just sort of like get his feet under him well someone who didn't have their feet under him the entire day was the Las Vegas Raiders. So I thought we'll go over and we'll do we'll, we'll do Pete's unique kind of pain today. The Atlanta Falcons just romple stomped the Las Vegas Raiders 43 to 6. Pete, what the fuck happened? I don't know, man. I have I have such mixed emotions right now. Like our defense looked good. We were stopping them on third down. We were getting sacks, we we're batting passes, we we're getting interceptions. I was like, "Okay, what are what what are these Falcons?" And then they like obviously they won. I was like, "Okay, so that that just makes us worse." 
And then the first thing I thought about, and I said, Jesus Christ, I said this from the jump, we will forever be eight and eight. This is what's gonna happen. We're gonna get the we're gonna get this late season spark, and then we're just gonna go on a fucking winning tirade, because now we've got <laughs> all the momentum, and we will forever be eight and eight. <laughs> well, like, so I was why I I didn't watch this game as it happened. I went back and watched watched the package, and I knew how it ended. And I was going and watching. And I'm like, how the fuck did the game end like this? Because it felt like the game was close until almost end of the third quarter, and then it just boom, it just blew up and things snowball and the Raiders can get anything going and the, and the Falcons just fell on everything. Yeah. And um, I have been very, very accurately accused on this show of being a Raiders hater. And I, I'm just kind of like tired of all the ESPN, ga- uh, ESPN gas bags, like telling us how great this offense is and how like, Oh, they can score with anyone. They beat the Kansas city chiefs. And then they almost beat the Kansas city chiefs. So like, watch them score and everything. Look at, look at all these metrics are so productive. I'm like, I just feel like they have the best offensive line in football. And Josh Jacobs is really good. Sure. And then, and then they compete, complete two passes a game. And sure. Big, but then two, yeah. what people sleep on is the Falcons deep, like run defense is sneaky, fucking good. They're, like they're top yeah. 10 in run defense. They're very so strong like, up the middle. That's the, be- the yeah, best part. So of if that you team. don't let Josh Jacobs run and then they have no room to air it out, but not only that, but, Derek Carr had players attached to his jockstrap all game. Like, they were just housing him. The new deeply molested man of the week is Derek Carr. He did yeah. got his butt kicked today. He threw a heinous, heinous pick that was returned for a touchdown. And once that happened, like, it was over. It was Deion Jones, everybody. You just, you just had to wait for the clock to run out. It was done. It was over for here for them right now. Yeah, if you're looking at Matt, like if you're looking at Matt Ryan's stat line, you would not have guessed that this was a blowout. No, he he, he had like he didn't even have 200 yards passing. No, it, no. it was just the defense constantly giving him uh, turn the ball over and giving him short fields, man. That's it, man. That's what I was like the the defense today like gave me signs of hope, and then I was like, okay, here we go again. Well, and uh, enjoy that safety that you guys are going to take with the 13th overall pick. What was my favorite game of the day? The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27 to 24. Boy, howdy. How does that shadow dimension taste, Carlton Davis? Good God. <laughs> so Tyreek Hill was on Carlton Davis the entire fucking day. And he went for, let's get the exact count at the end of the day. It was 13 receptions for 269 yards receiving and three touchdowns. He averaged and, 21 yards a catch. Yeah, and like 202 of those. Now, I mean, I might be a couple yards off, but it was like 202 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter. There was no answer for him today. He was on a completely different planet. And... So with a performance like that, you figure the Chiefs would have just put these guys in the dirt. but And, and they really should have because Tom still looks flat in this offense. And it's not just like the interceptions he's throwing because he's throwing interceptions at like a way higher rate than he ever has. It's just the balls over people's heads. It's the people running the wrong option routes, just over the wrong shoulder. There's just so much of that going on. Tony Romo was trying to explain it on the broadcast how – like this is a completely different offense than he's used to running because the receivers pick their option route after the ball's a snap as opposed to before. 
I, I don't know, but whatever it is, it's it's not working right now. And what we thought was going to be one of the best teams uh, in the entire NFC is dangerously close to falling out of the playoffs altogether. Yeah, I think I, – I don't know, man. I think we got so hyped up in the talent that they have that we didn't stop to think that maybe they have too much talent. Like, and that sounds crazy to say. It absolutely sounds crazy to say. But when you have that many mouths to feed of playmakers – how do you make everyone happy and, and keep everything functional inside the locker room before it goes dysfunctional and you don't have enough people getting what they think they deserve or whatnot? I've been a huge Bruce Arians fan like my entire football watching life, but like you look at teams like Baltimore or Buffalo who like kind of move their system to match the quarterbacks they have and are really good at coaching up those guys and putting them in good situations. And then you look at Bruce Aarons, who's like, these are the players we have. This is the system we have fit. And they're, and they're just he's kind of banging them together. Like they're two Barbie dolls. And I, I really feel like that if there's something that, you know, Tom Brady can do, cause he's done it before fucking make it happen, man. Like I, I, I just, I'm not sure if it's that they have too much talent is in that they're trying to make that talent do things. They're not necessarily good at. <laughs> so, okay. So then you bring up another point. Yeah. So Tom Brady's throwing picks that he normally doesn't throw and he doesn't he just doesn't look good, right? So like mm-hmm. okay, so that's that's Bruce Arians offense. Yep. What, let's let's take it back to last year with Jameis Winston then. Okay. Gra- I, like I get it. Jameis Winston is not on the same level as Tom Brady, nowhere near. I'm not comparing the two. What I'm comparing is the offense. So if Tom Brady is looking this bad throwing that many picks, how much of those picks is actually on Bruce Arians because he's not scaling his offense to his quarterback talent? That might be a uh, reveal magnifico there that, that maybe we can now look at Jameis Winston in an entirely different... Well, well, let's not get too carried away with that take. That is interesting, though. That's what I'm I, saying. Like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going off the deep end with this, but yeah. if, if Tom Brady is looking like this, then how much of that was actually not Jameis Winston's fault? He just didn't understand or the wide receivers were on the same page. Well, they showed this graphic where it was every quarterback that Bruce Aarons had coached their first year in that system. And they all threw like double digit interceptions, including uh, Carson Palmer had like a 21 pick season or something like that. So there's definitely like some, there's some truth to that. I mean, I'm not a big enough of a football brain to, to, to unpack that fully, but like there's definitely like something that needs to be fixed or tweaked. So especially because like time's running out in this season, man. Like if if you want to make sure you're not getting pushed out by guys like like the Bears or the uh, Vikings, or I mean, you're just lucky that the NFC is not deeper, <laughs> or he'd be For in sure. real trouble. Uh, real trouble. Yep. Or you just let the Falcons go on a you know six game oh win God, streak, God. and all of a sudden they're number two in the division, and Bucks are three. What kind of like mildly delicious? <laughs> Uh, revenge would that be if you guys crawl back from the grave and knock Tom Brady out of the playoffs in one of those last years? It wouldn't. <laughs> I know. Like like I said, it, w- it wouldn't be satisfying at all considering what you lost, but... Yeah, it wouldn't. <laughs> but you're Atlanta. You, you can't be like expected to win championships. Like, like That's your Super Bowl right there. Knocked no, out Tom like, Brady. We're forever mediocre, man, but it's like, okay, sure, we, we knocked Tom Brady out of the playoffs. Like, you knocked us out of the Super Bowl. Sure, that, that's not revenge. <laughs> no, no. See, what you do is you do that, and then you hang a banner in your stadium that's, hey, remember one time when we knocked Tom Brady out of the playoffs? And you just write that in the banner, and you hang it up there. <laughs> That'll be the new running joke instead of 28-3. to 28-3. Yeah, well, I'll support it. 
We, we beat Tom Brady, Brady once. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings beat the Carolina Panthers in a barn burner, 28 to 27. So, basically the Panthers, I don't think... It, it was a close game that they probably should have won, but also Absolutely. shouldn't have... Well, they should have won, but also shouldn't have won it because they, they could not... Won. They could not get their offense going all day, and they got gifted 24 points, or 24, excuse me, 14 points on turnovers on back-to-back plays from the same defensive player, which I have never seen before, and it's kind of nuts. But that's really, neither here nor there. So they got gifted 14 points to keep them in this game, basically. Yep. Um, the offensive weapons on this team are, are like super fantastic. Like I, super. I, 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 I think that, there's a version of this offense where Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, incredible amount of speed. Uh, again, we'll grade on a curve because, you know, CMC is out. But that's not the offense that's here right now. And is that... I'm going to tell you the problem. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Because I watched it today out. multiple yeah. times. One, because I have DJ Moore on my fantasy team. Yep. Yeah, keep an eye so on I'm that. Like, I'm like hyper watching this game. I'm like, okay, I need DJ Moore to do something. And I'm watching it, and it's it's Teddy Bridgewater. Yep, that's where I was going to go to, too. He has missed DJ Moore in the end zone three times today. Three times. Just blatant misses. One, he threw it just too far left, and DJ Moore couldn't get over it. He was wide open in the end zone, crossing, and Teddy Bridgewater threw it behind him, and he just could not get back far enough. Like, the dude stopped his body, rotated back, and just couldn't get back far enough to catch it. So, like... Teddy Bridgewater is just not clicking with these guys downfield. It's Teddy Dumpoff. You want to hit Robbie Anderson five yards out and have him shoot down the field? Absolutely. You want to hit DJ Moore 40 yards down the field? He just can't do it. Yeah, you have all these Lamborghinis on your offense, and you're only using them to drive through the drive-through at McDonald's right now. Like, you're, like They're not getting the most out of this offense they've built. And, I mean, they're rebuilding their quarterback situation essentially out of nothing. So, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater is as good at a patch job as you're probably going to find in the modern NFL. However, it's I think whole, that's what he is. Yeah, right? I think job. I think I think his what kind of quarterback he is is in his last name, and it's a bridge quarterback. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, nice, nicely done. Yes. Yeah. I, so I, here's the thing: I'm looking as I'm looking through these teams that we're having these conversations about quarterbacks right now. One thing I'm noticing is like this team, the uh, the Falcons. The Lions, they all like have that same record. They're all like four and eight, four and seven. And it's like they're all gonna be fucking jostling for a quarterback in the draft. So like that's gonna get really intense to see who can get ahead of who, who ha- who's falling, like who's gonna be in that Josh Allen sort of neighborhood of the draft and who's gonna get them. So yeah, man, I think there's I think there's two ways this goes, right? Yeah. With the NFL draft, I think it's either gonna be a sh- a ton of movement. Because you're gonna you're gonna have people trying to climb the ladder, or you're gonna ha- it's gonna be super stale, super boring because they're gonna wait to see what falls to them. Uh. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot of really aggressive stuff. Sort of like you know how the Jets made that really weird trade a couple years ago, where like a month before the draft they just traded up to three. It's like yeah, whatever quarterbacks here, we're we're okay with. We're gonna take it. Yep. Yep. I think there could be a lot of movement like that, where it's just like, we just got to be in the driver's seat. Like that's all that matters. Cause the jets aren't moving off one and they're going to take Trevor nope. Lawrence. The Jags are going to take either fields or Trey Lance. However, that rolls out. And then it, yep. all of a sudden who sucks the most? Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. So there's still so much of that to figure out. Cause and I hope you're right. 
And the thing is, Cincy right now, I believe, is the third pick. You have to think they're not going to check a quarterback, but the fact that Joe Burrow just broke his shit, his whole shit, and nothing but his shit, like, that, how bad is that? Because they use the term structural damage. Like, was it structural damage like Teddy Bridgewater's knee was? Or Zach Miller's knee was all those years ago? Or sure. is it just like a AP knee injury? Or do you remember when uh, Dante Culpepper did that same thing to his knee and he just never came back? Like, yep. you have a rare, you have another opportunity to go get a quarterback. Do you pull that trigger too? Like, there's a lot of intrigue around how quarterbacks are going to be, I guess, redistributed. I, hope, I mean, season. I hope they, I hope they don't take a quarterback, and I hope they start loading up on that offensive line to protect Joe Burrow. So this doesn't happen yes. again. Yes, because like it doesn't matter how many times you do that. If you just break every single new toy you get, like there can't be a pile of quarterback corpses in your parking lot. Like correct. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have another stud quarterback to sit behind Joe Burrow or to fill in for Joe Burrow every time somebody gets hurt because you're never filling your offensive line. Exactly. exactly. Not gonna work. And and Penny Sewell is gonna be at the top of this draft, who people are calling the best offensive line prospects in Show Thomas, like. I, I got to feel if, you, if that guy's staring you in the face, like you, you, you just you take, take that him. guy. You take him. You, you take want. him. Yeah. So a lot of interesting pieces up there. Speaking of excellent quarterback play, the Ryan Tannehills beat the Indianapolis Colts 45 to 26. God, I wish Clark was here to just make all of his jokes about handing the ball to Derrick Henry <laughs> because that's essentially what he did today is he handed the ball to Derrick Henry 27 all times day. All, day, all day, all day, all day, all day. And he rewarded all that work with 178 yards, averaged almost seven yards a carry and three touchdowns. He completely demolished what is a very good Colts offense. I got to say, Ryan Tannehill's layup, though, that looked, that looked on point. He is very good at sports center football. Pulled the ball out and did the 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 QB keeper to the end zone. Mm -hmm. He showed off the little finger roll. Yeah, that was that was slick. Like I said, that's any sport that's not 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 football. I mean, he he played I think a little bit closer to the Ryan Tannehill we saw um, pre the Taylor Lewan injury. He was he didn't make any gross throws. He didn't make any mistakes. He managed the offense and gave the ball to Derrick Henry, which I think that that's what you do. And the the Colts are such a weird team. I I can't take them seriously. And I feel like this is not an Indianapolis Philip Rivers thing. This is a forever Philip Rivers thing, where I feel like he gets in his head like I have to win this game, and the cinder blocks get even more cindery blocky, and the passes to start going, and the and the ugly picks come out, and the throwing off his back foot sideways with his eyes closed starts coming out, and everything falls apart. And I feel like that happened today. They got down, and Philip Rivers turned into bad Philip Rivers. I think he like he just puts too much on himself. Like he tries to be Superman, and then he just tries to overdo it, and it just comes out bad, real bad. He, like offensive to the eye, bad. Like you can smell yes. that pass from where you're sitting, man. Like it's fucking bad. That's because he's trying to force it. Like he's trying to make something happen, and then the defense is just all over it. Like if you can get him rattled, it's done. All right, New York Giants beat the Cincinnati Bengals nineteen to seventeen in. A football game. Basically, the Bengals are dead without Joe Burrow, 
and uh, we just have to watch their their slow death twitches for the rest of the season. Uh, and the and the Giants are unfortunately going to be a playoff team this year. I'm sorry, guys. We can all mourn this together, but uh, they're probably coming out of the East. Yeah, probably because uh, I can <laughs> honestly th- say I think Colt McCoy is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. Really. I feel like for content reasons, I want to fight you on that, but my heart wouldn't be in it. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. after Daniel Jones pulled his little hammy today and kind of hobbled off the field, Colt McCoy came in and from the eye test of the little bit that I watched of it, actually came in and ran the team like a professional quarterback should. Which is more than Daniel. And he Which didn't like more than what Daniel Jones does. The the ball didn't like diarrhea out of his hand randomly, or he didn't. No, like... it wasn't like some crazy fumbles here and there. It wasn't like I need to force this pass to make something happen. It was like I wasn't need to go on this mad scramble and and just get clocked. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like I'm gonna make professional quarterback moves, and I'm gonna put the ball where I need to put the ball. He's and not, they looked yeah. better with Colt McCoy than they did Daniel Jones, Jones today. Yeah, he's not actively allergic to the sport he's playing in the same way that Daniel Jones is. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I think that's that could be really uh the death nail for Dave Gettleman if Colt McCoy actually comes in and plays good and leads his team to the playoffs. It's like, oh, the guy that I literally bet my career on is a total shitbag that's been holding us back this whole time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that <laughs> wrestling in disguise, you're welcome, Giants fans. It's been <laughs> literally decades since you were exciting. Oh, we won two Super Bowls. Yeah, you were boring while you were doing it. So hopefully maybe you can get rid of Daniel Jones and be worth watching again. Colt McCoy, starting quarterback. Go ahead and get that uh, Canton bust ready. He's coming. <laughs> Speaking of Canton busts, San Francisco 49ers, and led by Nick Mullins, Ugh. beat a actual playoff team in the Los Angeles Rams. In what, in what is described as a crime against the sport of football and the medium of television, uh, this was ugly and gross and disgusting. And uh, basically, it was the Rams going, I don't want the ball, you take it. And then Nick Mullins was like, I don't want the ball, you take it. And they did that until the game was over. Yeah, it was bad, dude. Like, hit, like, I, I, there was one play I watched where Nick Mullins just blatantly overthrew Jordan Reed and he was wide open. And then Jordan Reed got up and, like, snapped his helmet off, just so pissed off. And, like, Nick Mullins did the same thing going to the sidelines. Just, ugh. Like, he just looked so bad. It was, it was like a bunch of JV teams, JV players out there on a professional football league. Like, it just didn't look good. Yes, it, it was the uh, Keanu Lee's red, uh, led replacements out there, basically. And the thing was... Nick Mullins played terribly and still played better than Jared Goff. Like this is, I think, the worst game I've ever seen Jared Goff play. Well, here it is. Like yeah. I've been, I've been shitting on Jared Goff from the jump. Like I don't think Jared Goff's a good quarterback. Like without Sean McVay, Jared Goff is is trash. And he looked it today. I go back and forth on him so much because I, I I kind of get what you're saying. We're like, oh well, without Sean McVay, but he has Sean McVay. So like like he's going to and have he still Sean looks McVay. this bad and he still I mean, looks this bad every yeah, every so he often. He doesn't look this bad all the time though. Like it, it, when he looks good, he you're like, "Oh, this team can win Super Bowl with Jared Goff 
running this team. He's taken them to the Super Bowl before. And, sure. and I think like that's enough. Not everyone has to be Aaron Rodgers. Like sometimes he'd be good enough just to win a championship. And I think he is that. But man, when you get again molested to this degree and you're not like a great player and and you can't improvise the way a guy like Rodgers or uh, Mahomes or uh Russell Wilson can like it's going these games are going to be ugly like yep. I, that's the point I will 100% give you when you are that reliant on the system that you are running when stuff breaks down you don't have the tools to to make the magic happen so like you 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 made a great point when you Mm -hmm. said he has sean McVay. so -hmm. if he can look this bad on on these days like not every day but on these days he can look this bad with sean McVay. what does jared goff look like without sean McVay on these days like he is uh, he's not good man (laughs) i think it's the same thing we see we're seeing with jimmy g on the other side of the ball over there is when things are going good and he can just run the system, he's fine. But when all your weapons are hurt and stuff starts breaking down, you turn back and do fucking pumpkin, dude. And, yep. Like, yeah. And it's not pretty football. No. And now what they've done is they've sunk all their money into Jared Goff. That's true. Well, he has. And, and now, lot, now yeah. they don't have any. Like, now what are they going to do with their weapons? Like, I get it. Like, if you're. If your owner and GM have money to just float around, then salary cap means nothing, sure. But it's at some point, you're not going to be able to pay these weapons because you're paying your mediocre quarterback too much money. I mean, he's making a lot of money. He's not making a lot of money for a quarterback. Um, I think the bigger issue they have is that they paid a ton of money to what are two of the best defensive players in the league in – Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, yep. And their entire plan is to, okay, we're going to sink literally our entire budget for defense into these guys. And then we'll just fill the rest out with undrafted guys and trust our scouts. And for the record, they have a good defense, and that's kind of worked. I'll say it's kind of working because Aaron yeah. Donald can get to the quarterback any given time, and then when he's mm-hmm. forced to throw the ball, Jalen Ramsey's there to just kind of pick it off. Take so it like, away half the field, yeah. Yep. So it's... So that is actually working better on the other side of the ball. Like, but like that was, I think what I think the plan was this year. Why you go out and get Cam Akers and Van Jefferson because you realize, okay, I can't sign Robert Woods again. Like it's just, it's just not going to work. So I have to have yep. a guy there. And they already said toodles to Todd Gurley, like for a cheaper version of that. And like, and, oh, and because he's fat and bad. Um, that's also yep. why they did that. Well, and they but, signed Cup too, didn't they? They extended Cup already. They did extend Cup, yep. but like Cup because of how old he was when he came in the league. Like that's that's you know how much you're going to spend on Cooper Cup because when that contract's sure. over, yep, the Cooper Cup experience is over. So, so yeah, that, yeah, their their cap situation has always been, I think, one of the more interesting ones in the whole league. Uh, Buffalo Bills beat the Los Angeles Chargers twenty-seven to seventeen, and yeah, both quarterbacks got their shit handed to them did not their whole shit nothing but their shit did not get broke but it definitely got handed back to them uh that folded up yeah both got folded up. not looking good not pretty i do not understand how justin herbert survived the one that he did because he 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 literally got tied into a knot from the knee down and then his leg just kind of sprung out like it did not look good no not at all and he, in general, kind of just did not look good. And you know me, I'm just super excited to, to you know, slide into any chink in the armor I can with Justin Herbert. Um, he, he still played fine. I was waiting for it. Yeah. He, I mean, 
the box score doesn't look great. His, his completion percentage is bad. He threw a pick, but for the most part, uh, he still moved that offense good enough. He just played a way, way better team today. Though we did see today a uh, return of the official player of football hot boys, Austin Eckler, back on the field, looking oh. like he never fucking left. They've really been he missing didn't look him bad all either. year. No, he looked he great. Didn't look bad. They had an entire element to the offense that's been missing. And the fact we still really haven't seen the Herbert Eckler together offense. Correct. And so well, and then like, and they were they were trying to like pace him back into the game. Like you could see that they were just trying to get him warmed back up after you know rehab and missing that much time. And they kept using Joshua Kelly, and it's just like stop. Like he just doesn't look good. Like just stop it. <laughs> so they do my favorite thing that. Um, every bad team with a good player does when they're coming off an injury. We're like, Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to work them back in nice and slow. We're not going to give them anything. And the game goes on. It's like, Oh, we'll, we'll give them some carries here and there and there. And then by the end of the game, he has 25 carries, <laughs> 25 yeah. touches, which is what he had today. He had 25, he had 11 receptions, yeah. 14 carries. Like he tried to work them in slow and then he ends up with, you know, over 20 touches. That's because that's because Joshua Kelly experience was just not working out for him. They're like, it's, all right, X, all right, dude, we said this, but, this dude's losing six yards of fucking touch, so you get your ass back in there. The the dude is <laughs> is is visionless. He is um, if Daredevil was a running back, uh, but he didn't have any superpowers. That's what Joshua Kelly is. <laughs> so yes, just just a blind guy. <laughs> I think our exacerbation with the Chargers is I think played out at this point. Like, who, we, what do you do? It's a good roster that plays bad, but it's a good coach. So I. You probably have to fire him. Like that's the only thing I, mean, I can think. I mean, of, you'd man. have to like his his clock management today just was not good. Like it just didn't look pretty. Like even the even the broadcasters were commenting on his his poor clock management. They were just like, "Oh, you just can't do that in these situations." So it's like, sure, he's a good coach, but like he's a he's a players' coach, right? The players love him. He's mm-hmm. got like he's got all the buying in the world. They rally around him. But at some point, it's like, okay, you're here to play football, not to be a buddy to these guys. Like, you, you've got to figure your mind out around the game, not just the players. Well, and I think I think you're right. And I also think that um, I think the clearest example is one very close to you. How many years did you waste on... on um, Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn. Too fucking many. Yeah. Too just, fucking, because, the, just because the, the players, the team loved him. Because like, they were his buddy, yeah. Everyone was like, "Oh, we stand with you. We stand with you, Dan Quinn." Like, come on, dude. Like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, he hasn't he hasn't looked good since the Legion of Boom. As soon as he left the Legion of Boom and came to the and came to the Atlanta, it's like our defense was one of the worst in the league. Like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I I think I think I will officially say that that we probably gotta say goodbye to Anthony Lynn. He, he's a talented enough guy. He'll land on his feet. I say, but, let him land somewhere else. And he he will he will succeed. I, Just I not as yeah. a head coach of the Chargers. I I am to the point now where I am ready to call for his job and Doug Peterson's job and Mike Pettin's job. So I, I have taken my sides on those controversies. Adam Gase. Oh, that's not a controversy. That's dead man walking. 
we're we're not going to talk about that the the Jets and, and Dolphins game because there's just there's no meat on those bones there. Um, but I the, will the, say Ryan Fitzpatrick looked good. That's all I'm going to say. Ryan yeah, Fitzpatrick looked look good. Looked like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Looked so, like Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, but I but I will take an opportunity to talk about Adam Gase because I've seen so much like okay, haha, great by Matt Patricia. Uh, why the fuck Adam Gase still have a job? And I feel like it's on purpose. I feel like they're worried that if they fire him and they bring in and they have a good coach, they'll get a win. They'll get yep. a win. I and agree. The only thing that could make this year any sadder was if you don't end up with Trevor Lawrence at the end of it. If you had to go through this entire bullshit and then, oh, we don't get the guy we want. Like that's that's literally the only good thing they have going. So they have to, have to, have to keep losing. They, I agree. They are married to that reality now. It's it's part of the plan at this point. Like, we're just going to roll with him until we have our picks, and then he's gone. Exactly, exactly. Like, the second the fucking clock hits zero, week 17, you have all the shit in a box ready, and then you have a lighter fluid pouring on that box, and then you burn that box, and then you push him into the flaming box. Okay, so that's everything from this week in football. Anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? I'm good, man. All right. Well, thank you for joining us two hot boys. Uh, next week, I'm pretty sure we'll at least have uh, Clark will have been raised from the depths, but uh, we'll see how much of that house Cody gets built by himself, shirtless, in the Texas sun. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us this week. Uh, stay safe out there and stay hot out there, boys. Peace. Peace. Peace.